All right. Let's All do this. right. Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We use science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you. And you too. Me too. And you too. And me too. Uh, hashtag me too. Maybe we should start that as some viral marketing for our show, you know, because it says, and you too. And then we can all kind of collectively do that. Yeah, you know, me too. Me, me I am going to use science That's... respectfully. We should look into that. I, yeah. I think I saw that trending. Maybe it's already started happening. I'm not, Tell... I'm not sure. Um, speaking of Nintendo, uh, what should <laughs> what should you do in a Nintendo game ends in a draw? I, I don't know. Ask for a Wii match. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most appropriate answer. Wow, that that was I was I wanted to use the <clears throat> the Ed McCarthy laugh, but I don't think <laughs> that would not dishonor him. I think so. I'm I'm a Chris Pratt fan. Okay, and he's made a terrible decision being Mario and Mario Kart movie. Like what? So is this? Yeah. So I've, I've heard, I've only kind of heard the rumblings and I know there is some sort of controversy as the British would say about Chris Pratt, but I can't quite, I haven't even paid enough attention to dis, to figure out what's going on or who's upset at what. So other is it the is it a because Chris Pratt is not Italian and he is playing an Italian character is the is the thing that's kind of what I'm assuming. Um, so when you search for it, it's um, it's, it's been excised from the internet. And so let's here now. There's the Chris Pratt trailer. There's the trailer to the new movie. Right. And okay, so it is a movie, not it's just a movie. another game. Uh, yeah, it, so there's a Super Mario Brothers movie coming, right? And Chris Pratt plays Mario. Okay, but he is just Chris Pratt in it. Okay, okay. And, so he's not. Well, I mean, but how? And Mario has such an arc. Iconic. <laughs> it's a me, a Mario. Some would like, say iconic. <laughs> other would say, other say would offensive. say offensive stereotype. Right, but so I I, mean, Chris there, Pratt isn't even uh, remotely Italian. The, <laughs> like, but even something. but even you you can't you can't do it either. You cannot do a Mario with a stereotypical accent, even if you hire an Italian person to do it. <clears throat> like, there's no way out of that conundrum other than being like. Chris Pratt? <laughs> he's cute. I, I guess. <laughs> so just, he's around. Doesn't even have black hair. Like nothing. There's nothing. He doesn't even have a gigantic mustache. Not anymore. So yeah, it's it's a thing, it's an unsolvable thing for a for uh, a <laughs> for an issue that I have thus far not not delved too deeply into in order to uh keep my sanity. But we were just listening to I've I've heard I've heard tell the name Charlie Puth just sort of enter. I guess I, mentally I must have a thing where like it has to enter my radar 
seven times for me to be like, okay, yeah. I guess I'll investigate this thing. It's a big enough deal. But I've only heard Charlie Puth's name and anyone whose name I don't know, I just assume they're TikTok stars. And so then I investigate no further. He's, but then I come across this video that I'm like, hey, has anyone heard of this Charlie Puth fellow? <laughs> he was on Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. And he was showing that he had perfect pitch so that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. so they would do that, and he would be like, "That's an A flat or whatever," and he right. was doing. And that. you can also like, find an A flat in this tune. And yeah, and then, yeah, and so uh, he is now a TikTok star, but uh, he's been around for like he's Grammy award winning. Okay, yeah, been around for uh, like fifteen years as a oh wow, uh, as that an long. artist. Okay, and he's he one, looks like he's twelve. He looks like he's twelve. <laughs> uh, he's an Ellen DeGeneres label artist. Oh, uh, I didn't know she had an artist label. Yeah, she does, and uh, has some <laughs> controversy, controversy, controversy <laughs> around that. There, the first guy that he's signed uh, had big issues with her and how she's kind of a monster. To right, him. right. And so interesting. Uh, and uh, I can't think of his name, but uh, he was super famous because he played. Um, paparazzi on youtube and everybody loved it he, oh that i love tender, that kid that kid was the first signed person on oh Ellen wow DeGeneres' label and then she destroyed his life and <laughs> and so like now he's fully be it's fully behind him and plus like 10 years or something yeah or five years and <clears throat> he's now for the first time speaking out and telling his side of the story wow uh, and, Ooh, i'll have to do a little uh, deep dive on that yeah because yeah, yeah. i love that vi- that video of course and we all did and <laughs> and none of us can remember his name at the moment uh but we will look that up in a second uh sure we will and and so charlie puth is an active member of her label and uh and doing all that so um uh yeah so charlie puth, Gra- grayson chance yeah grayson chance name. uh a super great guy and he's still doing music and and uh, and all this stuff okay, yeah. so charlie uh perfect pitch got a new album that dropped on thursday and and uh, do kids still say that i wonder i, I guess so well d- nobody and, nobody knows what an album is anymore so <laughs> i watched so many of those videos of let's ask our Gen Z kid what these terms mean uh, and yeah. like, what's a collect call and what are the yellow pages and, and everything. And they're all just like, durr, durr. we have no idea what are, you collect all the calls together into one big call. You know, <laughs> you just, yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Um, so <clears throat> yeah. So Charlie, I don't remember what the, uh, oh, we so were chatting about. We were chatting yeah. about him. This is chair is like the squeakiest chair Sorry. ever. So this, you know what? This whole episode, which I'm glad for, is just going to be the, the kick. A mess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's not what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say it's going to be a, a, a kickback and Absolutely. chill episode, which is something that I, I need two weeks into grad school. I'm glad to have a conversation that's not fraught with <laughs> angst and wondering what the hell is going on. Awesome. So... Um, but yes, my chair is squeaky, so I'll try to fix that. Um, but you, know, we we were listening to his uh, to a song of his and light switch, light switch, which has a great sound effect. I'm a sucker for a song with a sound effect. Um, and I was noticing, 
I was introduced to him by his perfect pitch. You know, clearly he is an amazing singer, all that stuff. But even his voice is clearly touched up with auto-tuned. Over-processed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and so it's interesting to me that, and I've kind of in my head put this together, but I think there is very much a, um, the before and after of the electric guitar and like Bob Dylan's selling out because he's gone electric. Like it was a very much a line in the sand drawn for some reason that like music with electric guitars wasn't real and stuff like that. And that's what auto tune is. It's just part, it's just the electric guitar of the voice. Now. Right. There's just exactly. all the different ways you can tune it. I mean, I always get upset cause yeah, I'd rather just hear Madonna sing because I know she can sing and it's like all <laughs> listening to AI nonsense half the time, but totally. it's like, it's just the electric guitar and we're old. <laughs> so I have a couple in, in and feel free to jump in because I'm just going to ramble on and on. Cool. Um, there's an, I was talking to one of the kids about the predictions of the future, and we've talked about them before. They're always based on kind of where we're at, and we always get it wrong and stuff like that. And one of the things, much like the flying car, that I don't think is ever going to happen, but we're always going to use it as the thing that will eventually happen, are drone deliveries and like the little walking robots to deliver stuff. Like, okay, we, we so- can do it, but like no one's going to stand for it like the noise and drones flying everywhere you can throw a rock at it and get someone's package for free you can just pick up the walking robot and run away with it and throw it into the willamette like we did with the bird scooters like it's kind of like the segue of ideas it's like we've got the technology and it's possible but like nobody really wants this i say (laughs) i so in China, they're using the delivery bots that go down. Well, the if they frown in China, their name gets on a list <laughs> totally. and they're shipped off to the. Totally. Uh, and so those are a thing. Um, the I, I see those in like hotels being u- very useful. Sure. Uh, in a very controlled environment. Yeah, but yeah, out yeah. here in the wild, you're totally right. Uh, I mean, you just told a whole <laughs> me a whole story about people just walking into yeah, coals. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about coals in, in a minute, uh, and and the state of of Portland shoplifting. The um, drone deliveries are happening currently in Alabama at the Walmart in Alabama uh, at their main center, and it's not super inspiring. It, it, they're airplanes that drop a parachute into your yard and there's so many problems with that like i don't you know i've got a yard but i like what if you miss can people just not walk anymore from a truck to a door well the promise of like a 20 minute delivery right without involving a car and a human right uh is is piques your interest oh yeah but well, what about apartment buildings or, you know, what? there's so many problems. Well, what about whatever. literally everything? <laughs> and so you're right. And I, I don't I, I don't see that as being the I mean, anyone who stood next to a drone as it fires up knows that we don't need like six thousands of <laughs> swarming neighborhoods right. dropping off. <laughs> Amazon stuff. It's, so Jeff Bezos had talked about having a blimp that has storage uh, in it and so we've got you know all the 
first aid supplies or what you know things for your bathroom uh, are in a little <laughs> mini warehouse carried under a zeppelin over portland and now this just is that picture from the 18th century of the people walking on the lake totally with personal zeppelins (laughs) solving the problems 125 years later we're still hoping the zeppelin is the key to the future uh uh, (laughs) he also suggested that we should just move all manufacturing to space so that the billionaires can have the earth to themselves um so we just moved the workers out to uh, a factory in the sky. Uh, good times. Um, hey, why do our faces do that when we bite into a lemon? I, so I don't know, but I imagine <laughs> that um, your your body does things to protect it protect itself. Right. Like uh, when you get. Oh, I thought you were going to do something. No, no, no. <laughs> Just scratching my you ear. Scr- I was like, oh, is that going to trigger, like, when you hit your... I'm going to pull my ear hit your off. knee reflex. <laughs> I was scratching my ear and uh, your nose part start, of my bit. Your nose uh, starts to run. And totally. Uh, like, we get a fever because raising our, our the temperature of our body kills viruses. Right. And and so fevers are actually beneficial for that, that process. If my body thinks it's ingesting acid which lemon has a a tremendous amount of citric acid right it's going to attempt to shut down (laughs) the ability to bring that oh okay slow down okay um is there something behind me there is so we have a squirrel we're okay we're stopping the we're stopping the lemon lemon the riveting lemon conversation he he may have gone away you can turn your head and look uh, so we have a window at my op- at my office down here at the podcasting room, and we have a squirrel who has been taking peanuts and hiding them underneath my window oh, nice. in, the, in the basement. And he just showed up, but he also darted away, so okay. he may have seen well, us. Well, yeah, the window is still a little bit open, so it could be that oh, he, he heard could us, have heard too. us too. I, uh, you did you saw my my squirrel feeder, didn't yes. I? The little and desk. So I have. Uh, liked one of those on amazon i'm looking at which one i want to buy uh so a drone can bring it to me and and have a little table because i can put a little table with yeah. a little camera in my window right here yeah. and uh so this little squirrel is right outside our window you're busy with nature because when i stepped out of my car on your curb uh I, there's mealworms. some stepping stones and two of them are just covered with mealworms and it is because you are trying to not trying. We have two. We have a family of crows. We have a uh, a, a, a small murder. Two <laughs> murderers, um, and which I have another tangent to talk about murder of crows. <sighs> we have so many things to talk about. Uh, so we might have to bump our topic. I don't know. We'll just see how long we go here. <laughs> Perfect. We have two crows uh, that are a couple, and we don't know the genders, um, but they show up every morning looking for their mealworms and i was a little late this morning so Uh-oh. they're still out there but they'll be back in the afternoon by the time you get i out saw there, a whole group of crows gone. chasing one other crow so i think they're dealing with some interpersonal issues right now because one of them was not popular and had about 15 other crows chasing him out Portland of the area and it's crows so there was a reddit thread on take a movie and singularize the title so if right. if a movie had a plural in it 
then Jaws to Jaw. Jaw. Yeah, Jaws, right, right, plural. Right. Bit, yeah. <laughs> Aliens to Alien. Wait. Right. That's <laughs> exactly. And so somebody said a crow on the Orient Express. <laughs> I did, and it took me at least six times seeing it for me to finally get the joke. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, so that that's my murder joke. Um, and uh, so our faces attempt to shut down the acid right. that's being pumped into your mouth. That makes it sense, because I guess on a macro scale, our face is doing probably what our throat is doing when acid <laughs> hits it. And it's just like completely freaking out and trying to get it out. Right. And, and trying to shut that down. Shut it and down. So prevent it from going further into your mouth. So you pucker and, you know, and you're, everything's reacting and, and all that. that that's my yeah, guess. That would be, I think that may, that, let's call it true. <laughs> what does the, what does the crowd say about that? <laughs> good. And good crowd. True. So I've been watching, mm. I started with that, um, the Netflix document, the horribly titled, which they must have done just for social media or for whatever, but it's technically called, Dahmer, Monster, colon, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. So Dahmer, maybe hyphen, the Dahmer comma, Monster, colon, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, uh, which is on Netflix right now. And I'm only about halfway through, and I think at at this point, it turns into more of the of a courtroom thing or, or it kind of turns focus to something like that. So I'm only halfway through that, so I can't totally speak on it other than like, I don't, I haven't seen any of the, I, mean, I know there's been several Jeffrey Dahmer movies and stuff like that. And Six of them out right now. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't seen or really been interested in any way, but I just, everybody was talking about this one. So I started watching it and it's done like beautifully and cinematically and it's not, doesn't seem like, it's not overly gross and I mean, it's very unsettling, but it's not super graphic or anything like that. Um, but when I was watching someone talk about that on YouTube, they mentioned something that I'm wondering if you remember growing up as a child of the eighties who watched a lot of television. Do you remember the TV movie called, I know my first name is Steven. No, not at all. Interesting. So I, for some reason they, I mean, it was clearly heavily promoted. And so there must've just been, I never watched it, but it must've been heavily promoted because the name, I know my first name is Steven as a funny movie reference title has always stuck in my head. Yeah. Sort of like, um, mother may I sleep with danger, the Tory spelling <laughs> lifetime movie. But I just always remember, I know my first name is Steven and it was about, I almost want to spoil the whole thing. That's fine. It's a, it's, it's a docuseries on Hulu. It's only three episodes. Um, each one are about 40 minutes long. So it's not super, super long. So if you would like to, um, if you would like to watch that, um, then skip ahead a couple minutes here <laughs> and then stop skipping right as I inevitably <laughs> am like, and then the weird, the crazy the, twist. The dog dies. So I'll try to keep it brief. So uh, maybe about like a minute, minute and a half from now. So uh, the story is about Stephen. Um, I forget his last name, but he was a boy in the 80s who was abducted, disappeared for seven years, then escaped and was returned to his family, became a huge media sensation. It all took around, took place around Yosemite, uh, Northern California, um, became like this huge thing. They made this TV movie. So the, the, 
series is a heavily features this movie, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. But um, so there, so there's that crazy story. Like your child gets abducted off the street is gone for seven years. Who knows where and comes back like, Oh my gosh, what, what a crazy story. And that's like episode one. And then it's kind of like the aftermath of that. The aftermath involves this, um, I know my first name is Steven television show and kind of the goods and the bads for the family about that. But as that, um, the, the, the miniseries airs a two episode thing on NBC watched by more people than like the Super Bowl that year, like some crazy stat like that gets nominated for all of these Emmys the night before the Emmys, Steven, the boy who was kidnapped returned seven days, seven years later gets hit by on his motorcycle by a guy who runs a stop sign and dies. So like that's a huge once in a lifetime drama yeah. that happens to this already crazy story. So that happens. Very sad. You know, 10 years later in the Yosemite area. Oh, and so the guy that abducted him ends up going to jail, but like for a maximum of seven years, even though he's been caught kidnapping boys before and had two kidnapped boys with him. I guess we just used to think kidnapping is not such a bad thing. Yeah. Um by the way, if you're just getting here from fast forwarding about a minute or so, I'm still talking about it. So fast forward about another minute or so. <laughs> um, so that guy goes to jail, but then gets out. And of course, later gets caught doing the same thing and gets sent back to jail. So about 10 years after he dies, uh, which was around 1989. So now it's 1999. These tourists get kidnapped from Yosemite. Nobody can find them, blah, blah, blah. At first, it's a group of three women. And then it's another woman, you know, a couple months later. Everyone's freaking out, trying to figure out what's, what's happening. They finally catch the guy. The guy is the older brother of, I know my first name is Steven, the kid who was kidnapped, then comes back, then gets killed, what? becomes like a mass murderer. What? <laughs> oh. And so it's, and they, I mean, they interview all the family members and oh, stuff like that and throughout geez. the thing. And so it's just them telling this insane, insane story of, of what their life has been. So, but I just always remembered that, that name of that series. I know my first name is Steven because it was like right when we started talking about. And this is referenced in the Dahmer Series? No, it was referenced <laughs> by someone who was reviewing Dahmer. They're oh, like, okay. oh yeah, and okay. I was just watching this other uh, thing on Hulu. It, yeah, so yeah, yeah, that is on that is on Hulu. So but just I mean, such an insane story of like once in a billion things happening like four times to one family, ending with a serial killer who yeah, so it's it was it was pretty wild. And who did Ryan Murphy sell his soul to to get all of these really high profile beautifully made like well the ratings the ratings uh, there is 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 a success and he adds a sheen of prestige i think to to his stuff but as as far as i know he's not super involved in the Dahmer one other than kind of a over because it's not i was a little worried because it is produced by ryan murphy who did Glee and the American Horror Stories and um, Scream Queens and American Crime Story yeah, yeah, and Nine One One and The Policeman and Ratchet and and uh, yeah yeah, yeah. all those scissors kind of pulpy um, the what happened to the, uh, to Baby Jane that one Joan versus whoever whatever that was called but very like 
very dramatic and very melodramatic, but this one is not that it's the opposite. The Dahmer one is like very, very slow and very, very atmospheric. And hmm. so it is worth watching if you guys are, if anyone wants to feel gross for ten, <clears throat> after watching 10 hours of what Sold. Jeffrey Dahmer was like. I'm in. So, all right. Well, we are now for those <laughs> fast forwarding. We are in. I did wonder our listener, Nate Heath, uh, listens to all his podcasts on like seven times speed or oh, whatever, yeah. so he can race through them. But he also has this thing where if it detects silence, it will attempt to segment it, segment out. that out and huh. like kind of in real time, uh, partial out even the silence. So it like closes out. So I did wonder, and this is an experiment for one person. So Nate, this is your time to shine. So, um, we are going to not say something for 10 seconds and we're going to see if you travel through time by having your <laughs> your player cut this silence out so there you go there we go so yeah so, so tell us if our experiment worked our one listener <laughs> Ah, anything else should we chat about before we talk about some news? Um, so I went to a concert last night. Mm -hmm. I was so, um, so you have COVID. I have COVID. You have COVID. You are bringing me the gift of COVID. Um, so when at she's 30 years ago, I was very much a evangelical Christian and very active in the Christian music community and helped with uh, uh, concert promotion and, and everything. And I, uh, you know, had this internal. And that was like at the end of the nineties when like the, it was big like that yeah, genre uh, was big and through, thriving yeah, through and... the nineties. Uh, and so I'd say the first half of the nineties, I was a fan of, and the second half of the nineties, I was active in the Christian music industry. You knew jars of clay before they, before they <laughs> sold out. <laughs> and there, there were drama when they, they, when w- flood dropped <laughs> a song based around one note, being I, sung over and over and over. I remember when, uh, jars of clay came to Portland and did a show at a bar oh, wow. and didn't announce it on Christian radio on 107.5. Um, and the reaction to people on 107.5 after they heard about it, they, they had pitchforks, <laughs> you know, they just like, there's, you know, they're, what are they doing? Why, you know, why don't they respect their fans and, and what, you know, the den of thieves and uh, just, they were just losing their minds. And I'm like, oh, sounds pretty cool. Um, anyway, so Jennifer Knapp uh, was, uh, so I had seen her at George Fox University. She, two years before she got signed onto a label, she was at this uh, uh, concert. She opened up for a, a local band who then opened up for the 77s. And uh, she was she's a solo singer songwriter. Think like um, uh, Brandy Carlisle kind of uh, vibe. And she she when she showed up and, and she played, the crowd hadn't seen something like that in Christian music 
before and they we lost our minds like the crowd went berserk for her and we didn't we hadn't seen her before and everything so instantly became a fan before she did anything and then uh like a year later i went to the gospel music association in nashville as a promoter and she was being signed by goatee records and i went to her first uh showcase that she was like being announced as an artist and there were like 12 of us there because nobody had heard of her but i knew who she was and so i'm like this uber fan and so i have a picture that hey, is and and so i like awkwardly have a photo taken with her oh, wow. and everything and and uh and so i loved her music and then she disappeared off of the radar um and for a number and i never really picked up with her music later she she disappeared for a number of years and then she came out as a lesbian which freaked out christian music she was like oh, on yeah. larry king live uh doing i mean that's interviews. an amy grant getting divorced moment it, it, it was it was a scandal uh and uh it was early 2000s and it wasn't as big of a scandal as it would have been 10 years before yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. She lost a bunch of fans. She gained some new ones, uh, and and she didn't like. I'm no longer a Christian. It was just uh, this is who I am, right, and right. and very, uh, very open. Right. And this and is also who the, I am. Yeah, exactly. Right. And uh, she told us that you know she had been living in Australia, just kind of hiding out for like ten years. To, you know, wow. And she has a partner and all the things. And so I was browsing local music stuff. And I saw that Jennifer Knapp was coming to town and I bought the VIP pass tickets and it's at the White Eagle, which is about as big as my living room. Uh, it's <laughs> and haunted and haunted yeah, totally. reputation and is. haunted. So super small venue, super intimate group. And and so I knew that I would be able to chat with her because that was one of the offerings on the VIP experience right. as a meet and greet. And you wore and, a shirt with the photo. So <laughs> I, made a, I made a poster of the photo. Uh, so I brought the photo oh, uh, and uh, I fortunately I found it at the last second right before the show. And, and so I, I came with her and came with the photo and uh, at the meet and greet, she coincidentally, we were the last people on the meet and greet and all of her fans, 90% of her fans are lesbians and the other 10 are gay boys. And so, and so, uh, Nick, so she's Melitha, Melissa Etheridge. Melissa, she's a hundred percent Melissa Etheridge. Uh, so she lost it when she saw this photo as, and then Nick was there giving context of like how emotional I might cry a little bit during, yeah. during this whole thing. Uh, how emotional I had been bringing up this uh, bringing up this photo, and just because I said I was going to cry, now I am. <laughs> um, the transform as she looked at the photo, she's like, "I know who that person is. I remember wearing that sweater, and I remember being in that room, and I remember." like wow. what it smelled like and and i remember like going over to 
to Jessica's house afterwards and shitting myself because I was so nervous. She said all these things about that that wow. day. And she, like how visceral of a reaction she had to wow. that. Like she's like, oh my god, you know? Yeah. Oops. Hold on. <laughs> Unplug my headphones. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Stand by. I can't hear anything. Okay. She lost her mind when she saw the photo, and uh, and so we talked about it and and talked about how we. Each of us have gone through this huge transformation in our yeah. life from that moment, and we see who that individual is in that photo, and it instantly brings back the 27 years that it's been yeah. since that photo was taken of how much transformation has happened. Yeah. Uh, and we don't hate those people yeah. that are in that photo. But remember the trauma that they were Remember in. the trauma that they were in and the the transformation that has happened and, yeah. and, and all the things. The struggle and, they'll go through yeah. and the things that they'll learn, but it'll be okay. <laughs> totally, and, yeah. totally, totally. Oh, yeah. And it, it was really touching. And uh, wow. and, and so then uh, that was before the concert. Then during the concert, she like had a song that was like, I'll put a picture on a, on a thing. And then she looked <sighs> over and winked at me. And, and oh, so my god! It was, it was like, and so... I'm weeping <laughs> during the entire show. And, and Nick is like, so, and afterwards, uh, he's like, so can we talk about you? How much, how, how much you cried during that, yeah. that concert? Uh, and, and it just happened to be like, how, like a reflection on the transform, like the human transformation that had happened and all the, very specific memories that music brings back and she has all these incredible stories as a musician of how the last three years has affected her life as a musician having to covid and not doing music in person with people and and now she is uh, for like the last 12 days and so this is her reveal after covid uh tour and how important music is yeah. in our life and how it triggers so many things and brings yeah. up emotions and and all the things so so it places you it really does and and so like there were specific songs that she sang that you know you can bring you right back to 1997 and yeah. how that made me feel at the time and everything yeah. so so it was uh it, it was a really interesting beautiful concert and wow. and, and and special thing so and this is the one so, you yeah. went to last night last night okay yeah, so, so this all that, happened last night yeah that, that story like i didn't see it weaving into the thing that you said the <laughs> concert you went to last night and so halfway yeah. through i was like oh, it's the con- it was like a, it was like a twist reveal to me and that was the concert he was at last night yeah so that was that's, the concert oh, i went to last great. night so uh yeah that all all happened last evening it was it was just super special wow. and and uh interesting the white eagle was a perfect little venue oh, and, cool. and uh yeah we were literally i was sitting at a table yeah. next to the stage yeah. and, and so uh oh wow that is so neat yeah. Nick has a really great picture. He's and now you're going to be BFFs with her. She, yeah. she, have her. Let's have her on the show. <laughs> totally, that would be awesome, actually. Um, and so, like, there's there's me oh, at the wow. table, literally next. Oh yeah, to her. what a cool space. Yeah. So anyway, oh neat. Well, that's Ted for naps. That's yeah. great. You deserve some <laughs> happiness. You know what else is happy? 
The pandemic is over. The pandemic is over. Yes. The, the president told us. With his authority to end pandemics. <sighs> so I watched Fauci's uh, interview on uh, Stephen Colbert last week after Biden had said the pandemic is over. Uh, and he, you know, he spun those words for us so that we can understand what Biden meant by that, right. you know, and whatever. Uh, but definitely the acute, crazy level of 100,000 cases a day yeah. and, that, you know, how many thousands of people were dying a day is over. We and then, you know, and then Stephen Colbert points over at the crowd and says, they're all wearing masks. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it's over for me. Yeah. Like, uh, we're still personally affected. Yeah. And personally, well, and I just and I, I don't know how much to chalk it up to my own paranoia or whatever. But I mean, I just stopped wearing masks mostly because I go to convenience stores, which are just covered in excrement and filth anyway. Um, but I mean, I did get my booster. So I had my, my wonderful 30 days or whatever that you're supposed to get yeah. <laughs> of freedom. And so, yeah, I mean, every once in a while, still like if I go to a busy grocery store or whatever. And so I don't know, but I was talking, I was talking to someone else who, um, their whole family got it and I'm, I'm very close to their family and I didn't get it. And, and so we were talking about that. I was like, yeah, but I, I never get the flu though either. So like maybe I'm just don't get it, but I don't, I don't know. Or it's my Listerine strips. That's what I'm convinced too, is that my first line of protection, which is the mouthwash. So we're, we're called super dodgers. Uh, (laughs) That's awesome. And, uh, Craig Ospo is another super dodger. Nice. Uh, he's traveled all Greg over and, the world. I believe and Greg and Sarah are too. And they just went to that huge thing in Amsterdam so, and came home without it. So, so super dodgers. Super dodgers. And, uh, you know, I also have a nice have, name for the paranoid. <laughs> uh, I also have both, uh, you know, two boosts after the two shots. So, you know, uh, all, all that. As I just got the shiny new one, which I don't have that fancy one yet. Um, but the it has leather seats. <laughs> the, the new the, booster smell, <laughs> and um, uh, I was—I uh, lost it. Um, and oh, we still—we have hand sanitizer in the car, and after we go in anywhere, we hand sanitize once we're in the car before yeah. we touch our face and things See, like I, that. Yeah, so I lost was, that part a long time ago. Although this morning, since I was in Sunday school, uh, I had <laughs> washed all the skin off my hand because there was a kid with a little snotty nose. Oh, and I'm like, dang, have it. So I did wash my hands brat. a lot today. But you also treated me with a gift, Mark. Something Is this now, is this new, this little quote? <laughs> it is new. Okay, because, I mean, it's much like we were talking about before, much like Bush's... Um, all his little Bushisms of is our children learning and um, what was the one fool me once fool me once shame on shame on someone uh, yeah fool me never get fooled again it's so perfect and so succinct and so here's the treat that you gave me hopefully this plays right let me start off with two words made in America <laughs> Uh, you know, and God bless him. Let me do it one more time here. Off with two words. Made in America. <laughs> so, Woo! Dude, good job. 
Uh, it's so, and I think what I love about that and like the Bushisms too is that they were so like quaint in a way. Yeah. Like, oh, that's fun that we used to think these. This is a big deal. These people who put in ninety-hour work days <laughs> speaking to ten million people at once. Um, <clears throat> the infrastructure updates. The, the like Biden has been incredibly effective given the circumstances in this first two years and whether we hold on to the house or not and and all the things you know, it's going to turn here uh the the pendulum is going to swing again uh but we need to put age limits on congress on the federal government like yes we, uh, as i was noting we wouldn't let these people in a car near a near a farmer's market (laughs) i mean these are the people who always i confused the gas with the brake and i (laughs) mowed myself straight in this dry cleaners right uh you know i think that and doing uh, for president is one six-year term because Hmm. else it's all bullshit re-election campaigning like all of that stuff and, is off the table, you and, don't, and get rid of the, uh, um, <laughs> the electoral process with the uh, electoral college. Electoral college, yeah. <laughs> the electoral you know process. Point, that has I am okay with just getting rid of the electoral <laughs> <Well>, process. <laughs> just have them duke it out. But, <laughs> Let's go back to feuds. Yeah, but you know, somebody in the spirit of uh, Pete Buttigieg, who is is. Uh, young and is affected by the choices that he makes yeah. uh his or her yeah uh that, that they make decisions are being made by people who will be alive like 10 years <laughs> maybe <laughs> decisions right. that will have hundreds of years of implications yeah um and term limits on uh, the supreme court uh it should also be a thing like uh, yes yeah, uh, our political system is fundamentally broken. And well, Mark, as I'm learning in social work, it is not fundamentally broken. It is de- doing specifically what is designed to do, which is to concentrate money and power away from us regular people. Yes, but that's not fun. This is. Let me start off with two words: made in America. <laughs> Woo! Yep. I need to listen to the rest of that cheer. Made in America. <laughs> wow. <geez. laughs> terrible uh it's wonderful but speaking of some of those reforms and this one i was i kind of asked on facebook yesterday because i was curious because usually something happens the news is full of fallout one way or or another from all of these political things and all of a sudden was maybe a week ago or when was this um his statement on the president biden's statement on marijuana reform dropped much like the new charlie puth album probably on the same day (laughs) his new policy dropped um and I was kind of just waiting for, I mean, there's usually a reactionary reaction. I mean, that's what pulled that, that's what fuels everything. And I kind of didn't see any, like I didn't hear Tuckle Carlson and, whining about it. I, and, I saw the governor of Texas be like, oh, I'll know. Yeah. <laughs> They'll still be felons. Uh, but, yeah. So the GOP, uh, they're picking their battles and uh, apparently Herschel Walker is the, <laughs> the guy that they're promoting Dr. Uh, Oz and Dr. Oz (laughs) puppy killer uh, and eater of crudite. (laughs) Um, And and so they're running with those. He had a press conference in 
front of Hitler's car. <laughs> so I, I heard that, but but I thought it was a parody. <laughs> it was like at a museum, and Hitler's car is like somewhere in the museum, oh, but like oh here is it is with his podium. <laughs> the the punchline that that I heard on that is then he got into the car and, and ran over it off. <laughs> um oh my gosh so yeah it and i think another thing too is it is such a obviously which people have been saying for years such a money maker and now it's a money maker uh, and white powerful people are now making money off of marijuana and so they're not going to start making but yes uh fart of uh, fart of all this So I did want to read part of the statement because I did think there were some important things. Um, he wants to pardon all prior federal offenses for simple possessions of marijuana. I've directed the attorney general to develop administrative process um, for those pardons. Um, there are th- yeah, the, the amount of people that have been sent away and ripped from their families and communities for these low-level things is not great, um, regardless of, of how many there actually um, are. Second, I'm urging all go- uh, governors to do the same with regard to state offenses. Um, no one should be in jail. Third, I'm asking the department, the Secretary of Human Health and the Attorney General to make process to review how marijuana is scheduled, which is the other big thing, because it is Schedule 1 right now, which is heroin and LSD and cocaine, uh, and higher than how they classify fentanyl and meth. Oh, my gosh. So they have classified <laughs> marijuana as more dangerous and fentanyl what? LS, <laughs> fentanyl and methamphetamine it's so speaking of fentanyl meth uh, and fentanyl don't go meth, check or treating don't go everyone's tr- giving rainbow fentanyl oh, to Jesus. your children so uh kohl's kohl's uh, the, the store the store the shopping store um shopping experience is, <laughs> is where the the only reason i've ever been there and <laughs> 90% of the reason that people go there is because it's a place that you can drop off Amazon uh, uh, returns. With, and it's a really great process. Uh, you return the thing, bring it in there, and you're done. And I spent less than five minutes there. So I was in there, let's say, four minutes. And I saw two acts of extreme shoplifting and so one guy was just shoving clothes into a winco bag and then he walked out the door and another guy just had a handful of, <laughs> at least of the first guy clothes. like brought a bag and like at least <laughs> tried the uh it's just i think it was more convenient for him <laughs> um and and the 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 other guy had just a handful of clothes and as I was walking in, he was walking out. And so he had a handful of clothes. There's a lady in front of him who works for Kohl's. And she is saying, sir, can can I have you come over to the cashier and we'll bring your, your pile of, of stuff to the cashier? And he doesn't make eye contact with her. He just walks around her and walks straight out the door and leaves. And she can't do anything because yeah. of policies because people get... <laughs> violent and crazy yeah. and uh and so coles has said don't physically yeah, like accost someone like yeah <clears throat> chase after them yeah and uh and so in four minutes i saw two i saw you know, 150 dollars worth of merchandise walk out the door literally walk out the door and um the staff just look 
defeated. They, yeah. it's just crazy there. Uh, and this is specifically in Portland, you know, near, <clears throat> you know, just uh, near 102nd at the Gateway Shopping Center. And, um, and you and I were talking before this, like, what is a possible path forward to fix this? Yeah. And, and I, you know, maybe the camping, the tents and the things and, and you know, the, where does it, and because one at the same time, like having empathy for humans, these are humans and not, you know, the homeless that right. are, you know, uh, the second rate society, they're humans. And, and so what do we do? How do we fix this? Todd? Because every, well, I'm glad you asked. I have this four point proposal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think what we're seeing is that you fix one problem. You, you are fixing of problems is usually just shuffling them off yeah. to be a problem somewhere else. And we're one solution just exposes the fault of another thing, you know, like there's not one thing because there's not, there's not one solution because there's not one problem. It's like a thousand problems that have just like when you're on the coast formed a super wave because of the wind or the temperature or whatever. And we're living in that thing of finding out what complete deregulation does to society, I would say. Yeah. But I mean, on the other hand, people's attitudes and people's, the way we're viewing the way we're viewing society in such a negative way and a, and a me versus you versus them way right. is really where we're coming apart at the seams yeah. because there isn't a thing we can do. And I think we're collectively realizing that not only is there not one thing, not one political promise that will fix this all, that we don't have to live by rules, I guess. I mean, people... <laughs> Fixing people's attitudes, I think, is is a big part of it. And it's hard to fix attitudes when things are bleak. Yeah. And so you can't blame p- people having human reactions to the systems around them failing society. Right, right. And I, I was literally thinking of like, well, what's my motivation to pay for things in this store and as the yeah. lady was handing me my $5 Kohl's cash uh, coupon for returning the thing. I'm like, why, why don't would I, just... I ever come here and endanger my life? Yeah. To... yeah. Or just for Kohl's I could cash, just grab this clothes and walk out the front door and not make eye contact with that nice lady who is super sad. Uh, like that's all I need to do yeah. is not make eye contact. I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, I, I don't plan on doing that by the way. No, here, here, your prediction was when the, the civil war, when ends uh, yeah. in 28 or yeah, okay. uh, the next, the next, uh, fourth turning starts in 2028. Okay. So it'll be, was that based over. on the, the one, the 40 year or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 40. Oh, so, oh, and that ends then. Yeah. Cause I keep looking to 20 the end, year of, end of the 20, the end until 2030. I'm like 2030 yeah. is the mark where so 2008 was the beginning of the fourth turning. Oh, so the 2008 financial crisis started the bleak 20 year period. Okay. That will end in 2028. So okay. 2024 will trigger the civil war. 
Uh, and then we'll have whatever that looks like for the next four years. And then the artists will rise after 2028 and Gen Z will take over and make everything great. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, an online portal gives access to half a million Northwest records and photos. The project is a collaboration between the State Library of Oregon, the Oregon Heritage Commission, and Washington State Library, featuring archives from more than 150 institutions in Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. The platform is a unique regional slice of the nationwide digital public library in America. Quote, researchers can discover online historical materials and government documents from a variety of sources, some of which don't rank prominently or display at all in search engine results. Oh, I had the link in here, but I must have erased it. <laughs> I'm because searching it for is it. the world's worst link, which is why I meant to keep that in there. So it's the online uh, oh. portal for Northwest Records. And why don't you read that URL? It's uh NorthwestDigitalHeritage.dp.ls so or LA so it's NWDH.dp.la which just rolls off your tongue. <clears throat> um, so they could have run that through a marketing department, but why? There's probably budget cutbacks. <laughs> Nobody could say that's a terrible idea. What, what was it? Dot pl dot 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 dp.la, and that is what does that stand for? No idea. <laughs> I know. Are, does each so, country have a code though that ne- <laughs> so, Laos? Yeah, we, we <laughs> this is a Laotian site. No, the the uh, the extensions they've expanded. You can now okay. like dot Google is a thing now, oh. so you can go to domains dot Google. Okay, and uh, so you have vanity uh, domains. So it could be Todd Workoven dot Google. <clears throat> yeah, right. Um, oh, that doesn't. That's not right though. To not say dot com after. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Well, why don't you do this next? Okay. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Uh, so the there's an empty store at Portland's Lloyd Center transformed into a roller skating rink. So Portland's not-so-secret secret roller <laughs> disco filled the empty old marshals with fun on four wheels. Uh, there were events on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. The event on Sunday offered lessons for kids and beginners. Anyone interested... In attending their events, can visit their website or check out the Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, page. I had to go and find because I didn't just put it in the article. But it seems like Thursday nights from seven to nine, they so, are going to continue to do this. Secretrollerdisco.org. Yes, much nicer than Thursday, the first October sixth. That was three days ago. And but I think it's outstanding. Every Thursday night, it said rain or shine. This week's theme still is at least uh, Thursday nights, rain or shine, seven to nine. Yep, there we go. Thursday nights, rain or shine, seven to nine. Perfect. Let's do it. It's going to be stuck in our heads now. <clears throat> well, some more, and this was just another huge long article, but as everyone knows, the Market Podcast broke and is following all of the news about the Havana syndrome, that weird sonic, what they used to think was sonic stuff like that. But a CIA doctor hit by Havana syndrome says he was in disbelief after what he suffered, what he was investigating. We need, I'm going to need to bring some WT. I've got some outside. Uh, uh, CIA physician, Dr. Paul Andrews is one of the first people sent to Havana to investigate a spate of mysterious health incidents in 2017 when he was struck by the same set of debilitating symptoms on his first night. He went to sleep around 1130 in his hotel room, but shortly before five, he was awakened with pain, severe pain in his right ear, nausea, and terrible headaches. He began to hear clicking noises that past victims had re- uh, reported hearing at the onset of their symptoms. Um, 
because officials at the time suspected some kind of sonic attack, Andrews went into the bathroom and sat with headphones on for 45 minutes. The symptoms didn't abate. And by six, he had decided to pack and leave the room. So he kept having all of these different... um, He couldn't pack and he couldn't move. He was dizzy and couldn't figure things out. Um, And still, after all these years, back in when? When did it? 2017. 2017. The intelligence community still is no closer to determining who or what is causing these injuries. And now some of the victims are very concerned about how the agency is handling it. Um, They were not taking seriously at first. The CIA said the symptoms were too subtle and couldn't be associated with anything. And... Five years later, he uh, Andrews is still suffering suffering debilitating symptoms. He has balance and vision problems that have made it almost impossible for him to function normally. He has trouble reading, going hiking or jogging because he gets nauseated, and uh, he doesn't like to be in a crowded uh, crowd because he'll be dizzy and bumping into people. What? So, for Andrews, like the intelligence agency. There is little more certainty about who or what this is behind the strange phenomenon of when he traveled to Cuba in 2017. So it's so he he contracted this the first night that he was there. uh, It sounds like it. Let's see. Let's go back here. When 2017 on his first night. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it's really. And since this article points out, since things dizziness and confusion like can be any number of things i'm sure but there is just more and more and it's interesting that it doesn't seem to be a sonic attack because he did the headphones for 45 minutes or whatever to block it and that didn't seem to work either so who knows what this thing is but it's really freaky uh, Brooklyn's library <laughs> moves to slip books through red state bans. So the Brooklyn Public Library Books Unban program provides access to its ebook collection and learning databases for people between the age of 13 and 21. The library's program is reaching into Oklahoma, which enacted some of the most sweeping laws last year to ban materials that might cause anyone to quote, <laughs> quote, Feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress. Unquote. Be- <coughs> Sorry, uh, because of their your, bo- your body is rejecting that like lemons. <laughs> it's getting uh, it's the, like the poison thoughts out of uh, you <laughs> because of their race or gender identity. The QR code has become, for lack of a better phrasing. It's become a symbol of resistance locally in my state. Former Norman High School English teacher Summer Boismere said. Yeah, so the library has been sharing a QR code that takes them to this library oh, of uh, banned books. So. Oh, that's nice. Uh, similar bans have been instituted in a push that's seen hundreds of titles nixed in nearly 3,000 schools across 26 states, according to the nonprofit free speech group Penn America. You know... How many times has book banning been like, you know, that was so great. Such a great thing that our government did when it decided to ban these books. People who ban ban and burn books are never on the wrong side. So why would we be on the wrong side this time? Um, Dr. Oz, get in that car. (laughs) Oh, Neptune. We just talked about Neptune. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Did we? Uranus. We talked about Uranus. Minus? <laughs> New Neptune photos offer rare views of planets' rings. 
we we did talk about that. Okay. Uh, the images are the first that have been taken of Neptune's rings at infrared wavelengths, which can pierce through dust and gas that might otherwise obscure celestial objects. The Webb Telescope's infrared instruments allow it to see planets, stars, and galaxies beyond the range of human sight. I would, I want to see these pictures. <laughs> yes, why we uh, so, picked the, the special medium of podcasting <laughs> to talk about these beautiful pictures of Neptune. Yeah. But yeah, it's really neat. It has a couple. You don't usually associate Neptune with with having rings, and so that's pretty neat. From from the James Webb Telescope to you. Um, well, while you're looking that up, San Francisco passes a controversial surveillance ban- plan that in no way could go wrong. In a seven to four vote on Tuesday, the Board of Supervisors agreed to test Mayor Lundbreed's Breed's controversial plan. <gasps> There's Neptune. It's really beautiful. It's got two rings and it looks like it's it's glowing from the inside. Hmm. Really cool. Um, the, uh, agreed to test Mayor London Breed's controversial plan to overhaul the city's surveillance practices, which will allow police to access private security cameras in real time. Under new, the, the new policy, poli- police can access up to 24 hours of live vid- video of outdoor footage from private surveillance cameras owned by individuals or businesses without warrant, but as long as the camera's owner allows it. So they still do need... Uh, to be allowed by, uh, via the owner. The police must meet one of three okay, one of three outline criteria to use their newfound power. They must uh, they must be responding to a life-threatening emergency, deciding how to deploy officers in a response to a large public event or conducting a criminal investigation that was improved in writing or a high no that's only two. They must be responding to a life-threatening emergency. Deciding how to deploy officers in a response to a large public event. Oh, they forgot the comma. <laughs> this is the importance of an Oxford comma, people. Or conducting a criminal investigation that was approved in writing by a, a captain or higher ranking <clears throat> official. So they're going to test it for 15 months and to see uh, what the results of that are. So Interesting. Uh, it's hard to argue with it when yeah. you still need the owner's permission. but. Right. If you have a camera that looks at your neighbors, has some of your neighbors ha- or right. all of that stuff. I saw a guy on Twitter have a uh, kind of an AI project that he did. And and initially, the, the initial thing looked crazy creepy. Uh, and it turned out to be just slightly less creepy, but still uh, it's, it's kind of shaky. So he will take the feed of a public webcam and record it for a period of time. So 48 hours, uh, you know, Times Square in a specific location. And uh, he will record all that and feed it into his computer. And then he looks for Instagram posts that are tagged with that location during that period of time. And then he correlates the two and shows them the video has the video of them taking, taking the, the photo, yeah. taking the selfie. And so initially, you know, the headline was a little misleading. It's like public webcams correlated to, you know, yeah, your yeah, personal yeah. photos. And that's that's true. And <laughs> this guy showed that that's possible. Right. Like if we fed all this into a machine, which it all is, is possible, how publicly available your activities yeah. are. Uh, but these happen to be very specific 
very public locations and yeah. so there there's not a it's still so an tricky. expectation of privacy in Times Square yeah but uh yeah. like yeah, if I had a selfie in front of my house, uh, I, I would be pissed. But <laughs> God, that's so creepy. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Tell us about Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon was exposed to radiation on Moscow trip in 1959, documents reveal. And his wife, Pat, he and his wife, Pat, were staying at the U.S. ambassador's residence in Moscow, Moscow in 1959 according to declassified secret service documents nixon who was vice president at the time was not informed of the threat in 1976 when it was revealed years later the detected detection equipment had measured significant levels of radiation in and around the nixon's sleeping quarters at the residence so Hmm. this article did go kind of on and on and on and so there's a theory that there was some like rock that somebody like hid in his thing or whatever to to radiate him or would the mechanism I think is still sort of in question, but the radiation part of it uh, huh. is is pretty real. So, I mean, all that said, we talked about that in here before too. All the things that we try to do to Fidel Castro to get his hair to fall out or for his beard to whatever all this rubbing LSD on their steering wheels so that they all go crazy or all that Cold War stuff is is pretty crazy. Wow. Well, Salt Lake City, sewers emit a mysterious music in homes. Residents of downtown Salt Lake have reported hearing strange music, sparking some to speculate the sound may have extraterrestrial origins, which they don't. The mystery was cleared up by the Salt Lake City Department of Public Utilities, who said the sound was coming from the Sewer Line Rapid Assessment Tool, or Sewer Rat. That's amazing. That's pretty great. Rapid Assessment Tool. Bravo. Marketing department at the Sewer Line. They should get, hold on. (laughs) Yeah, Sewer Rat. There, There was a... There was a lot of patting on the back when when somebody suggested that. <laughs> when Marge from accounting came out. <laughs> you know, we could call this the sewer line rapid assessment tool or sewer rat. First used in 2015, the sewer rat system sends tones from one end of a maintenance hole to another. A change in volume indicates that there is a blockage or cleaning in the uh, uh, cleaning in the pipe. One transmitter will emit the tone and the receiver will listen. The receiver, as it listens for this tone to come through, will assign it a score as far as how open and unobstructed the pipe is. Um, it's an, the, the sewer rat is an environmentally friendly solution that keeps workers out of tight spaces and away from excess weight hmm. uh, waste. We greatly reduce the amount of water and energy needed in order to do a traditional water line assessment, they said. So that's kind of funny that it makes a tone. The sewer rat makes a noise. Hmm. So, yes, Mark, you have already clearly seen that next story, which I'm very excited for. And I will soon put in a link because there is video for this. One of our listeners, I won't mention who in case they would like to keep their name as far away from this as they would like. But thank you for sending this in. A Taiwan nursing home apologizes after hiring strippers for elderly patients. A video of the incident has gone viral. Yes, let's let me drop that in the link there for you. Let's see. Oops, it's in between that. It's a wonderfully reputable indiatoday.in link that for sure will not destroy your computer from the inside. My my computer Um, now has herpes. Yes. 
The incident took place at the Veterans Home Estate-run facility in the city for retired Army personnel. Strippers were hired to entertain 12 wheelchair-bound resident patients <laughs> as the Mid-Autumn Harvest Festival was canceled for two consecutive years before at, because of, I know because of the pandemic. And the clip shared a scantily dressed stripper <laughs> giving a patient a lap dance. The video, however, showed the and showed the other patients clapping and cheering during the performance. Yeah, it's it's. Nice. They're adults. <laughs> they are the although. To be fair, if they if they disagreed, they could not walk away because they are <laughs> they all, could they roll are all away. handicapped. <laughs> the incident took place on September seven. It was met with severe criticism. The angry comments were so many that the nursing home was forced to apologize. The spokesman said the intention of the event was to entertain residents and make them happy. Yes. We are very sorry for the offense that was caused. So. Uh. Ask those people. Prudes. Ask the resident. Don't speak on behalf <laughs> totally. of the who you think should be offended. Come on, speak. Karen. There is an article. I didn't read it yet. It's on my list of things that I just pulled out of my pocket to fill our thing out. But the last Karen. Did we talk about this no. on our podcast? No. How there, of course, has been a tremendous drop in people naming their daughters Karen. Oh, nice. It's to like almost non-existent at this point. So there is like... <laughs> the last of the Karens walking around because yeah, we don't want to name your precious baby girl, the Karen, Karen, the face of everything terrible. Uh, I I haven't had Karen. She's she's pretty right. I know some Karens that are so nice. Totally. The one thing I do like, uh, I do love about the Dahmer documentary is that the actor in it who was Quicksilver in the X-Men and the one Avengers movie. And he was also, he was someone else, but he's really, really good. And he does a Milwaukee accent, which is a very oh, specific yeah. Midwest accent. And it is so good. And even the the review I was watching are two guys from Milwaukee. And they're like, it is, everyone's making fun of him because they're like, oh, he's, over the top. He's over the top. He's like, over no, 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 no. Yep. That's just that's ex- what precise. people sound like around here, which huh. is so great. I love, I love those Midwest accents. So, check those out. <laughs> Sorry for spoiling the other one, but whatever. Wasn't Milwaukee the setting for Laverne and Shirley? Yeah, it yeah. was, and yeah. it must be Happy Days too, because those were all intertwined. Yeah. It was a spinoff. So, part of the spinoff, the the show responsible for the most spinoffs in TV history was Love American Style, which right. begat Happy Days, which begat Laverne and Shirley and Charles and Char- not Charles in Charge, uh, Johnny Char- Loves Chachi Char- and Char- all Char- that stuff. Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy, yes, that's right. Ugh. What a bunch of pointless knowledge that is completely and utterly <laughs> devoid of use at this point in my life. Well, thank you all for coming along on our on our cozy talk. I think Pinky Tuscadero had a, had a spinoff as well. There was like Pinky, oh, sure. Pinky's place or something. Sure. It was it was weird. I wasn't really allowed to watch Laverne and Shirley. It wasn't like banned, but my mom was <clears throat> it's just a bunch of screaming, which to be fair, it was a lot of, it was just a lot of screaming. screaming. So that's always what I associate it with in my head is all that screaming. What should we take us out with? Should we take us out with wait, what did we uh Jennifer Knapp song? Oh sure, yeah. Yeah. Maybe she'll give us a copyright strike and she'll have to come on the show and <laughs> talk, serve us papers. Talk about it. K and A P P, yeah. Uh, we have refine me, undo me, martyrs and thieves. Uh, Hold me now, a little more faithful. Um, um, uh, say won't you say? Uh, martyrs and thieves. Martyrs and thieves. All That's right. That's how she ended the show last night. Perfect. All right. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you later.